Hello friends, welcome to Not Just a Girl, the tattoo podcast where every week I will speak to socially conscious tattooers about their lives and art practice through an intersectional feminist lens. I'm Eddie and thank you for joining me for the second episode. Today we'll be discussing adapting to social change, meditation and self-discovery in art and building a community around the tattoo studio. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are the traditional custodians of this land that was stolen and never ceded. I'm honored to be on the ancestral land of the Awabakal people where this podcast is recorded and produced. I pay my respects to the elders past and present and extend my recognition to their descendants. to introduce today's guest, Uncle Arif. Um, she's incredibly talented and is the co-owner of Black Iris in Brooklyn. Um, her ethereal illustrative um, tattoos are magical and her approach to her practice is absolutely beautiful. I had the great pleasure of uh, meeting Anka when I guested in her studio last year and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited about it. I'm so psyched to see you um, because we were supposed to be hanging out right around this time. So sad. I'm so sad I missed out. I wanted to try and get tattooed by you and hang out. And oh. It was good to at least see you on here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, obviously you're in the epicenter of the pandemic in the US. Um, how are you going and how is the studio going? It's been like such an up and down experience. I don't know. We're like kind of taking it one day at a time, you know. Um, I personally thought that I was going to be handling this crisis better than I am. And that was kind of like a humbling experience for me because I'm always like, I'm so good in crisis. Like, <laughs> you know, I figure it out. And um, this really like knocked me on my ass. I was, especially the first couple of weeks, I like right when we got locked up, we um, got Corona and it was like such a horrible experience. So when my fever broke and I came back to to reality, I was like, everything hit me at the same time. And I just like had a complete meltdown and yeah, it's been ever, ever since it's been like one day I'm just like everything's great, like we're going to figure it out, like world is going to be a better place. And the next day I'm just like for fuck. First. It's all part of the grieving process though. Hey, like it's completely new and you've had everything kind of ripped away from you as like the world that we know. And yeah, there's definitely like processing the loss. Like it's, it's, it would be weird if we were just all okay with it. Yeah. It's just, I feel like for everyone this time is bringing up like the deepest, oldest trauma and fears and, you know, all of this stuff is surfacing and hopefully we can deal with it finally because chances are we never properly dealt with it. Absolutely recognized it and like you know ascended from it (laughs) hopefully but yeah it's it's been an experience for sure being here and just like seeing these images of New York empty and you know going to the grocery store and seeing all the businesses closed like the empty neighborhoods people wearing you know masks it's just like such a such a strange sight yeah it's definitely not what you imagine the year is going to (laughs) be and then it's also just not what you imagine like how we react to things like I don't know I didn't think this was ever something I considered as being a possibility no it's it's wild I'm I'm convinced that by the end of 2020 
of the aliens will attack. I'm <laughs> just like a hundred percent sure. It seems like a logical conclusion, you know, to yeah. 2020. <laughs> yeah. Shit's just gone out of control. <laughs> Yeah, like, who would have ever thought that all the, like, traveling will stop? Yeah. It's just something that was such a, such a part of everyone's life. Like, it, it, yeah, it's, wherever you look, you know, the changes are just so wild. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you were talking about, like, how this experience is an opportunity to heal, because I I remember you posting on Instagram, I think it was before all this, how you wanted to like explore your art making more and do more healing through that. And then all of this has just happened. <laughs> like not to make this about myself, but this is like the perfect illustration of my whole life. I'm just like, let me do this thing. And then I just like get swept away in a tornado. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that's not what I meant. so I turned 33 um last year and for for this year for me was like I was like that's it like I woke up in the morning I always try to go somewhere where I can be around like a big body of water for my birthday and I wake up early I go to see the sunset and like set intentions for the year and I was like this year I'm like shedding all the like skin and things that are untrue things that don't belong to me like I want to get back to like who I really am and you know it was like the universe definitely heard me (laughs) it's been a lot of shedding for sure um but this was like such I feel like it's been such a culmination of this because I I've never in my life had an opportunity to just be and live and not do anything and stop like in my adult life like never ever so it's been a lot of thinking a lot of reading a lot of like writing putting things together because I don't know I just feel like we all took a like a hard look at our lives and I don't know, for me, like, being able to step away from my, like, daily routine and hamster wheel and just, like, you know, more rents, more money, more expenses, and just be, like, what do you really want? Like, how do you see your, you know, ideal existence? Like, what are you chasing? Why are you so, like, obsessed with, like, doing more and more and more? Like, I don't know. It like really revealed so much for me personally. Yeah. Even though it's been very painful. Yeah. I I feel like, I mean, even though my situation in Australia is much easier than what you're experiencing in the U S like it's very much the same here, like an opportunity yeah. to really, you know, while I have the privilege of a comfortable home and food on the table and all of that, like I can really just like shed my expectations and reassess what's important to me. And kind of discover a new way of life that's more comfortable and more healthy and that is not going to end up with me in agony and unable to work in 10 years time yeah yeah Yeah. because it's just like it's just a part of you know this culture the hustle culture and just like you have to do more and you know never sleep never rest just like just go, 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 go. And like, that's not how life works. Like you have to, you have to go through cycles. You have to give and you have to receive and you have to like be awake and then go to sleep. Like you can't just stay awake. Absolutely. It's very toxic. Like this way of life we've been come accustomed to. And I think for me, like just sitting at home with my cats and watching them, like they do things when they want to, they rest when they need to, they eat if they're hungry. And I was just kind of like, why can't I know it's stupid but why can't I live like a cat that's so funny you said that because I was thinking the same thing I was like you know when you scratch them and they don't want to be scratched anymore they just turn away from you and they're like I'm done I I do not enjoy it I'm leaving you know and boundaries (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so 
it's been really eye-opening for me. I, you know, I was supposed to go to back home uh, for a while and my sister and I were planned this whole trip. We were supposed to go to Budapest and like do all this cool stuff. Like I spent one week with my sister in the past 14 years. Wow. So I was really looking forward to it and it was so heartbreaking to just like cancel everything but oh I'm so sorry (laughs) that would have been hard yeah and the other thing is the crap with immigration you know they're just like doing all the stuff with green cards and but again you know it's it's making me think maybe it's not you know I'm not meant to live here for forever yeah I don't know yeah but things we'll might see. Well, you never know. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Yeah. So, well, you were, for our listeners, like you were born and grew up in Ukraine. Um, yeah. And that, like, must have really impacted how you experience life, especially in the US, like having such a different background and mm-hmm. also, like, being more adaptable and stuff. Because you mentioned that you did experience poverty as a child as mm-hmm. well. So I was born like three years, four years before Soviet Union disassembled. And, you know, I actually like talking to my parents helped me a lot to deal with what's going on right now because they were in a situation where they had like two young kids. They're, everything they knew in life just like broke and you know, the belief system, the, like, it just, it just collapsed, and they had to pick up the pieces, like, you know, all I remember from my childhood is, like, standing in line with my mom all the time for, like, to buy bread or, like, milk or whatever, and, yeah, and we didn't have money for a couple of years, because, you know, the Soviet currency was obviously done, but we, didn't have our own car currency yeah. so we had these like the temporary money that <laughs> was called coupons and like a loaf of bread cost like two million coupons it was just like so insane it's insane um, yeah <laughs> it must be and, confronting like seeing people complaining about not being able to go to a hairdresser when you're like um <laughs> i couldn't buy bread <laughs> Yeah, so, but you know, it's like, I didn't know any other way of life. So it was just like, and honestly, like most people were in the same boat. Uh, But I find it so interesting that, you know, like in Soviet Union, it was all about kind of, you know, theoretically, it was about equality and everyone having the same amount. and, And then once it all collapsed, it was just complete madness, like, people were just like murdering each other for money and yeah it it was like yeah yeah, human nature like (laughs) humans it's it comes through no matter what um yeah but it is very it's very different here it took me a while to get used to it I've always loved New York and I don't think that I would have stayed here if I wasn't in New York Mm. Because uh, when I first moved to U.S., I was in Ocean City, Maryland, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't my favorite place. <laughs> it was a strange place to be when you like first get here. Um, but then I came to New. I was supposed to go home, and I came wow. to New York for two weeks to see a friend. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And I- <laughs> like threw away my tickets and stayed and like that's the shit that you do when you're 19 (laughs) it seems like such an amazing city to be in though if you are creative because of the possibilities around you and like all of the different cultures coming together and just the art world in general is really it seems to be really celebrated there the diversity like was so it was like my favorite thing because I, I did not experience that at home at all. Like now things are different, but not when I was growing up, mm. it was just 
you know, we had like people from Peace Corps come and like we were like ogling at them, like, wow, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> such a such a sight. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I I really do appreciate this aspect of living here. And just I don't know, I felt like and I still do sometimes when I go places, like you feel the kind of the wall of people treating you differently when you're from somewhere else. Yeah. And in New York, I, I never really experienced that because mm-hmm. everyone's pretty much from somewhere else. And like I worked at a Mexican restaurant for many years and it was just like, you know, so many different people from so many backgrounds and everyone is just like, getting along and doing this crazy thing and like this you know high pressure like really weird and nothing like being a bartender in New York City (laughs) 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 it was like a boot camp of life (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good way to put it it's that that's what I I found fascinating about New York as well because I live in quite a small city in Australia Mm -hmm. and it's very like working class white like Mm -hmm. you know we're a bunch of colonizers here and there's not a lot of diversity and yeah so when I came to New York and I was hearing all of these different languages and seeing all of this different cultural dress as well being adapted into modern fashion and it was fucking amazing and beautiful and fascinating and also like seeing the museums and galleries having more diversity and like what Mm -hmm. they were displaying as well rather than just everything by old white men (laughs) that's how i got here and i was like how am i supposed to like unsee this and unexperience this and just go back to like the the same old lifestyle i i was like i can't i'm corrupted forever now (laughs) i cannot leave (laughs) yeah i i remember the moment when i was walking on the brooklyn bridge for the first time and i was like that's it like i can't do anything about this like I have to stay here (laughs) that's so good did you start tattooing in New York I started tattooing back home actually I started tattooing when I was 15 oh wow Uh, I always have been like obsessed with the idea and I I really don't remember where I got the, the idea in my head because that's not something I was around. It's not something that was like very developed at the time where I'm from. And I just had these like little flash sheets and I would like draw on my friends in my neighborhood. And then like when I turned 15, my dad was like, okay, you have to like stop asking for me for money and you have to go get a job. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a tattoo artist. And like, my dad asked his friend to teach me how to tattoo. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I didn't appreciate it at the time, you know, and now I'm just like, this is really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I, I talked to so many clients who are like, oh man, I'm like almost 40 and my mom still doesn't know I have tattoos. And I'm just like, that makes me really appreciate like, how cool my parents were. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, so I got my apprenticeship. I Like, literally my first day ever of my apprenticeship, I was supposed to just sit there and watch the guy and, like, you know, clean the studio and stuff. And his client didn't show up. And the guy was like, all right, get, take the machine and, like, go over my old tattoo. Like, I have never seen a tattoo mach- machine in real life. Like, wow! I completely blacked out. Like, I just don't remember anything <laughs> about it. And yeah, that was the first day of my apprenticeship. That is amazing. And it was like, you know, we were like soldering needles and like, it was very, very different. And I'm sure it was very unsanitary <laughs> because they had, some like autoclaves but they were like a million years old and yeah yeah. (laughs) that's really cool that you got to experience I guess that old world of tattooing yeah before this like new age 
brought in by social media where everything's kind of changed mm-hmm. and you just buy things in packets now and like actually the process yeah. of soldering needles. I've only done it once, but it's really incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to get me a license to some guy's place <laughs> and he was like, you know, this it's going to be this much money. And like I gave him the money and he just like wrote this like license for me <laughs> that like completed this training. It was just like everything was just such bullshit because <laughs> things are very different in Ukraine and you, yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much buy yourself whatever you want. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a very unconventional story. I love it. <laughs> but then, you know, like I, I started college and I was like practicing on all my college friends. As you do. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I moved here and I fell out of it for a long time because it was, you know, things are a little different here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, it took me a while to get back to it, like a long while. But I, I've always drawn. I always made artwork and I actually started showing around Brooklyn, Manhattan and like getting invited into like a bunch of art shows. Oh, and wow. that's how people were like, well, you know, she can draw. So how <laughs> bad can she get tattooing? <laughs> and they would like let me practice on that that's awesome it's cool that you had the opportunity to establish yourself as an artist first like I think that that sometimes gives you a much stronger foundation to build a career upon like I still think that I still like for me I'm an artist first and tattooing is just like a medium and like a way of life that I'm super grateful for but it's kind of always like second for me yeah mm-hmm. I think that that's a good thing in a lot of ways though because that means your focus is on good design and beautiful mm-hmm. art rather than making money sometimes people yeah. who are just tattooers by trade like their yeah. focus is so different but like even saying this like made me sweaty <laughs> <laughs> is somebody listening <laughs> but it's just how I feel trying to be honest (laughs) yeah good I had um how did you come to the point where you were using like the imagery you use like it's very powerful like you see a lot of goddesses represented in your work and stuff is that like a cultural thing or is that a personal thing like what's kind of informed that subject matter so it's definitely a personal thing. And um, I usually, like my process is usually like when I work on like bigger drawings is that like I get the imagery from um, from meditation basically. And I just get these kind of like flash images of like how the layout is going to be. And I like quickly draw it out. And at this point I kind of, you know, and I, I just know that, like, if I try to, like, come up with something, it just, it doesn't feel right. But when I, like, when it comes to me, like, it's always super smooth process of, like, putting it out there. So, yeah, I, I like, do a lot of meditation and it, like, absolutely changed my life for oh, that's so much better <laughs> in every possible way. And just kind of like tuning into this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say channeling because it's not channeling, but it's just like letting, letting the process come to you versus like trying to squeeze something out because I'm sure every artist can relate to the feeling of, you know, being like, come on, like, let's yeah. do it. Like, let's, let's create something awesome. And you're just sitting there frustrated yeah at the white page (laughs) absolutely (laughs) probably what makes your work so unique and authentic the fact that it's literally just flowing from you and you're just you're just like this vessel to like express whatever's coming through you and you're giving it its space that's that's like very powerful 
it took a really long time to like tune into it because I I have like a complex of like oh I don't have art education so I felt like really inferior for like imposter mm -hmm. syndrome as we always like we all have I'm sure um and I I would look at my work that looked like my work and I didn't want it to look like my work I wanted it to look like something that I thought was better and I would just like get so frustrated like what why is it like this like why does it look like this and until I started appreciating that like you know this is how you do it like you can't change it you can yeah. try different ways but you'll always go back to that specific style um like things got so much better for me yeah oh that's awesome because i i've always been like a big believer in if you just do what feels right for you and what feels natural then yeah. there's space for everyone like we don't have to compete and you just get to be yourself and you get to enjoy the process of art making more and it, it contributes in a much more positive way to the world. But I think to get to that, to be able to just let this expression fully come, like you have to work through so much, yeah. so much learning. I struggle with. <laughs> so many layers of crap and like capitalistic shit. And, yeah. you know, it's like, I've only gotten there through doing like really a huge amount of inner work. Yeah. Cause we're conditioned to hate ourselves and to be numb so that yeah. we just follow and do what we're told, but actually like acknowledging yourself and looking at how you feel and processing it. That is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. And I like been pretty like, you know, in hindsight, like I look back at my life and I'm just like, whoa, you really did whatever you wanted there. You know, like when I was like, I'm staying here. And my parents were like, what are you talking about? Like, you are 19 years, you just turned 19. Like you don't have any money or any friends. Like what? And I was just like, no, I like feel it in my gut that I like, this is where I have to be. And, you know, you do a lot of this and like, some of the decisions look very like bad at the moment <laughs> but <laughs> over time you're like wow I like really kind of I don't even know what I'm trying to say but I'm trying <laughs> to say that like I've kind of trained myself to follow like that instinct you know yeah. that like when you just feel like something is right and like you have to act on it like even though it looks like kind of crazy yeah that's awesome well, <laughs> and I think it's the same thing in in like following your voice in any kind of artwork yeah you know? yeah yeah and you I mean you take that kind of approach with your customers as well like your whole process is very like I guess spiritual or ritualistic like so to speak like um you know how do you how do you go about like giving your customers an experience like like that where they're able to help channel themselves into what they're getting tattooed by you I think like our job is such a unique opportunity to connect with people on like such deep level like right off the bat sometimes I'm like to ease the tension I like sometimes talk to people about how absurd this is that you like <laughs> come to someone that you've never met and you're like hi nice to meet you like I'm gonna shave you now and then I'm <laughs> gonna like poke you with needles for a while and then you know you'll pay me for it it's the like next level it's crazy and like sometimes I just block it out because when you start thinking about it it's it's unbelievable truly you know but I I'm so happy that I get to do this because the genuine experiences that you have with people is like nothing else I can think of. Yeah. And, you know, people just like tell you things that are so personal. And I, I'm actually like, I hate small talk. 
I was a bartender for 10 years and I had to do so much small talk that I just cannot even, I can't, I cannot stand being like, the weather is good. (laughs) Like, no, get to the deep stuff. Tell me what your soul says. (laughs) Like, I do not mind when people share like really personal stuff with me. Like, you know, it goes into like another territory where you have to set boundaries for yourself because I started getting to the point where I was like, I, I love connecting with my clients. I love talking about the deep stuff, but at the end of the day, I feel like I got run over by the truck. Yeah. And (laughs) because I I am an empathetic person and I like really take everything to heart and I didn't even realize how much it like built up in me until this time where we can just like sit home (laughs) and do nothing and think about our lives. And I was like, wow, like, I, I didn't realize how tired I was and like, yeah. not so much so physically, but emotionally. Yeah. I like, I would sometimes just sit here and like stare at the wall for like <laughs> an hour and I'm like, I don't know. It just like hits me like the level of, of exhaustion that yeah. was there. And I didn't even know. <laughs> we do so much emotional labor in our tattooing that like it does, it does take a huge hit. Like, it's that trap where you're like, well, you know, I love what I do. I love my clients. I love, and you feel guilty admitting yeah. to yourself that like, maybe I need help or maybe I need rest. And you just like, keep calling yourself like well you're just being ungrateful or you know whatever you're like being a brat like at least I do that yeah and you know I worked enough shitty jobs for years that just like made me hate my life be so depressed and like I just never wanted to do anything else like honestly yeah I tried not like a huge broad spectrum of jobs but like enough different fields to just like say I don't want to do anything else yeah yeah I'm the same I think when you're creative like and you're not doing something that's in that ballpark it's life is very miserable (laughs) yeah but then you know you have to find a way to like recognize that you're a person too and sometimes you need a break and like, I'm so amazed that, like, you know, we have so many guests now and meeting a couple of people who are truly, like, yeah, you know, I go and I work for, like, a month and then I go away for three months and I rest. <laughs> and I'm <Wow>. just, like, <laughs> you know. It's How? crazy that it doesn't occur to you that that's actually a possibility and that it's okay yeah. to rest. And, like, why not, you know? We're, we, like this this illusion that we're not in control of our lives and our schedules like I still have the mindset of working for someone even though I'm working for myself yeah like same yeah (laughs) and I always used to say like oh if I worked for myself I'd be so you know I'd be chilling all the time and I'm like the meanest boss I've ever had (laughs) It's just like, maybe it's time to look like what's beneath this, like, you know. Yeah. And just like to learn to be kinder to ourselves. Yes. That's, I don't know. There's a lot of questioning to unlearn there. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, when I'm not kind to myself and I'm like overworked and cranky, and when someone's complaining about it, I'm like, oh, whatever, like, you don't need to work that hard, you know? And then, like, I stop myself and I'm like, oh, whoa. like, who's talking here? Yeah. Like, who's saying those things? Yeah, we, we do start to judge other people through that nasty lens that, like, yeah. we apply to our own lives and it's very, very toxic. And Yeah, how much really- have you produced today? Yeah. <laughs> 
I hate that. Like, we don't have to reduce anything. It's okay to sit on your ass. Like, there's other ways to contribute to society as well. I think just kindness and love and there's other ways to contribute without having to make money and yeah, like working. Yeah. And I've been, I just just had so many realizations during this time, you know, on like what really drives me here. And I, you know, like if it's not oversharing, I have been sober for four and a half years now. And that is something that I never thought that I was going to be able to pull off. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm so proud of it because, you know, it's been like a really, really long road for me and changed my life completely. But it was so much stuff was not processed and it's still not. And just like when you live your life a certain way and then you can't do your usual coping mechanism anymore like lots of things come up and you react to things in a way where you're just like explode over nothing you know and you're just like why am I doing this and it's it's just because you you don't have your crotch anymore you can't you know you can't just like check out or numb out you like have to actually go through the painful experiences and I've been having like a lot of things from like the residue from that come up in this time and just like the way I'm able to deal with things as a sober person is so much better (laughs) that's amazing yeah and again you know just like meditating on things and being able to separate yourself from like this part of you that's like freaking out and be able to like almost have a conversation with it and be like what do you need (laughs) you know what are you missing right now like what what really is the problem it's not really that email (laughs) that's making you like jump out of your skin that like internal self-parenting where you've just got to calm yourself down and be like it's okay what's the next and it helps with with dealing with clients so much because i i used to like when i first started i would like let myself get like cranky with someone if they would you know not act the way i wanted them to act <laughs> and uh yeah for the past couple of years i my view on it changed so much and i'm just like you do what you need to do. If someone's driving you crazy, you go to the bathroom yep. and put him in a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because this, like, I feel like when you get tattooed, like it's such a hyper hypened experience. It's such a like hypened state. You have to be so aware of what you're saying, how you're acting, because like the smallest thing that's so insignificant to you can set someone off, like set off their their past trauma or, yeah. you know, you just, you just have to be so careful. And then that's all they remember about their experience, no matter how amazing the tattoo is. Yeah. And sometimes when like people's trauma is triggered during a tattoo, they can associate that trauma then with the tattoo that they mm-hmm. have to look at on the skin every day and that it can really like compact the trauma for them. And Absolutely. like we yeah. have, even though tattooing is not essential, so to speak, we do have a much more important role in people's lives than we realize. And we have a lot more responsibility to, to be cautious with how we treat people and to be more considerate and empathetic yeah absolutely it it is i don't know you know for me it's i take it as a huge responsibility because you are with the person in a very vulnerable moment for one reason or another and that's why i think it's so damaging and toxic to just perpetuate this culture where like 
just suck it up, just lay there, you know, just like, yeah. shut up and lay there and just, it, who needs this? Like, yeah. we all have enough trauma already. Like, we don't need more. Absolutely. We don't need to be paying for an experience that's going to traumatize us, yeah. you know? And there's lots of little things we can do to help our client have a better experience. Like I, I play music that's got like a, a softer beat so that brings the heart rate down a bit, you know, keep them hydrated, you know, do everything I can to relax their body, offer them more pillows, you know, like. You, yeah, absolutely. You know, if we're not always able to be there emotionally for our customers, like make mm-hmm. sense to them. And that way we can still do other things to make their experience better. I always feel so happy when people say like, wow, like your space is so welcoming. And I I just feel so relaxed. Like to me, it's the biggest compliment because I get really uncomfortable where it's like crazy music blasting and like everyone's just like screaming on top of their lungs. Like I have like really shot nervous system after like so many years working in nightlife. So everything that's like, really like I can't even go to the shows anymore because it's just like it honestly scares me and (laughs) they're not always the best environment yeah I'm like so hypersensitive to everything that's like I need it to be a serene environment (laughs) but you can you can tell that the minute you walk into Black Iris like it's so warm and welcoming like the plants everywhere the artwork like on the walls on the floor even the whole environment is like I felt instantly comfortable there and like when I arrived in New York we'd had a hell of a time getting there driving from um Salem we got stuck in a snowstorm we were having the worst time and we rocked up to get tattooed at Black Iris before my guest spot and we were like on the verge of what felt like a breakdown. Like we just wanted to cry. And then we got there. And I think if we hadn't had that experience in the studio and felt so safe and comfortable, I think it would have changed our entire I'm so holiday happy. in New York. Yeah. It was, it's honestly one of the most incredible studios I've ever been in. Thank you. You know, John and I like really put a lot of thought into how the space should be. And I think because we do a lot of community events like I think that contributes to just like the general feel of it uh because that is like hands down my favorite thing about the studio just having classes and events and meditation circles and you know even people who don't want to get tattooed like they can participate and they can be a part of the space and um, it like the community that it created is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, community is really so much more important than I think we grew up realizing, like in capitalist countries, like, you know, yeah. the US and Australia, we're very individualistic, but when yeah. you kind of figure out how important community is and you start to create one and in, in, create one in such a positive way, like you guys have, like, what that does not just for yourself but for everyone around you is invaluable i really think like honestly this is the only thing that like truly matters because um like this is the only thing that you can contribute to as like a regular person not like a billionaire yeah and see immediate result like coming back to you and that will like encourage you to put to put more effort into your community because you know like we feel so helpless by reading the news everything is like like we're all attacked with these like huge problems that just make us feel paralyzed and make us feel helpless and you know you're like I'm just a little guy like how can I it makes me think of Lord of the Rings you know it's like how can I stand in the face of the great evil like I'm nothing on the spec but when you like make a change in your community or you know you contribute in some way where people say that like wow this really helped me or you know 
it really changed my perspective or, you know, I just feel like I have a place to go to now. Like we had a person who said like, I just moved here and I don't know anyone and I felt really depressed, but now I can just come to these events and feel like I have friends and, you know, I feel like home. So, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I feel like it's, success that's a marker of success when you've like been able to have a positive impact on someone else's life that's just that's the greatest thing we can ever hope to do it's true and it's not like instagram followers or you know like of course you know it's a great tool to use as a you know way to reach more people and make contacts and but when you when you put so much value in it, like it's, it doesn't mean anything. Mm. You need to nurture the real connections. And I'm, t- I'm saying this to myself <laughs> first and foremost, you know, I'm not like trying to like preach, like yeah. I still figuring this out for myself that yeah. like, don't put your energy in there. Like I'm obviously grateful for that aspect and that I have a platform, but the only thing that really matters is the people that are around you. Yeah. And absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, and we're so lucky to have that, it's like to have those people who, who do reach out and who do get involved and who do participate. Like, yeah, yeah it, it just, it's a sad world when you see people who, who don't realize what they've got around them or who don't have respect or gratitude for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are very lucky. Super lucky. I still, I can't believe it. You know, like where I came from and my life now, it's like, whoa. You know, my parents came to visit me three times now and they were just like, you know, they're like, you have a space in New York, like how crazy. <laughs> and yeah, it's like when I look at Google Maps and I see it, I'm still like. <laughs> <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an amazing experience. But I feel like, you know, like I got I got the, like, my dream came true, hands down, like, better than I could ever imagine. And, but I feel like I serve this space. Like, this space is not for me to just be, like, you know, be power tripping or walking around saying, like, I'm a business owner or whatever. It's like, I have, like, to me, it's a sacred space. Yeah. And... Like, I'm there to take care of this space. And I'm there to, like, watch our artists grow. Yeah. And be able to, like, facilitate these workshops. And yeah. You're a custodian rather than an owner. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. It's an amazing experience. Like, I've, I will always be, like, forever grateful for it. Yeah. Do you guys have, like, like you and Jono have any, like, kind of ideas or plans on how you're going to move forward like after all of the madness has settled I'm not sure yet because we're kind of like taking it months by months like you know we're still paying the rent and basically just like paying it up with our own money wow so yeah (laughs) but you know it's really hard to say because we just don't know how long this is gonna last and from what I understand New York put tattoo shops in like phase four reopening so phase one is gonna happen on May 15th so it might still be a while yeah so like it's kind of like a time of where we just have to sit and wait and see what happens. But I really, I I have confidence that we can pull through. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes when it does get hard and you reach out to the community, they will be there to help you get through if it comes to that anyway. Right, right. 
yeah but you know at the same time I just got to, I was like freaking out for so long and now I just kind of got to the point where I'm like you know whatever happens happens yeah if we can't keep the business in this space we'll just start it in a new space yeah. like you know we have the community so absolutely and you'll, you'll adapt mm-hmm. adapted yeah. a million times before <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah. oh that's so cool well i might wrap it up there but like it's been so amazing to speak to you and hear your story and i i always i really love your approach to tattooing and your studio and your clients it's like always a joy to see on social media and when i've got to talk to you as well i think it's just like i don't know if we still have time but yeah i really 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 do think that we have to all approach it from from like the the real place you know not just to seem cool on the internet or for money it's it has to it has to come from the right place because you you are changing people's bodies (laughs) forever like that's a great responsibility it's and i don't know i feel like we all have to remind it to ourselves all the time yeah Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, this footage will be on YouTube for our listeners to watch later. So, um, like for all of our listeners, you can head over to YouTube. Um, I'll put all of the like information, like how to find Anka and Black Iris, in the show notes. Um, you can follow our Instagram, uh, not just a girl underscore tattoo. Um, no, please subscribe, follow and share. Um, you know, let's spread the love for tattooing and for the amazing artists that we get to speak to. Um, thank you so much, Anka. It's been so, so amazing talking to you. And thank you to everyone who listened. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Um, we hope you have a wonderful day and be kind to each other. Bye.